the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of your financial editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And of course, you can go to Apple Podcast and get uh, this program and previous programs as a podcast. Re-listen to them, share them, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, someone if you'd like. But they're right there at Apple Podcasts. Good program laid out for you today. Uh, obviously, it's been a busy week. A lot going on geopolitically and its impact on the markets. A lot of economic data, including the big jobs report. And also, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell testified twice today, or this week, I should say, before uh, Congress had some interesting nuggets that I'll share with you. And then joining me in just a little bit, former Ambassador Terry Miller. Uh, he was the ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, he worked at the State Department uh, overseas. He served in Italy, France, Barbados, and New Zealand, and is very involved in something that we look at every year. It's called the 2022 Index of Economic Freedom. And it just gives us an idea uh, how the United States is stacking up against um, all of the other countries around the world. And it's very sad to see that uh, we slipped. We're not even in the top 10. Uh, so this takes into consideration uh, economic policy, tax policy, uh, financial uh, decisions, um, law policy, and um, just how free we are, or any country is, uh, when it comes to um, the economy and actually growing and uh, creating uh, businesses, creating wealth, and moving our, com our country forward. So uh, Ambassador Miller will be joining me in just a little bit, and we'll be uh, going over that uh, index of economic freedom. Before I get to uh, some of those top stories that I mentioned about um, geopolitical events and how it's impacting markets, we had a very large deal uh, this week that kind of went by the wayside. But uh, TD Bank just uh, made its biggest acquisition ever this week. They're paying $13.4 billion for a bank called First Horizon, which is based uh, down in Memphis, Tennessee. It's an all-cash deal, so that $13.4 billion is all-cash. And their uh, TD is doing this to establish a uh, presence in the Southeast. So First Horizon has leadership positions in uh, Tennessee, Louisiana, Florida, the Carolinas, and Virginia. And they also have footholds in the attractive Atlanta, Georgia area and Dallas and Houston, Texas markets. So uh, TD was uh, looking at them very hard, had that bank in their crosshairs for a while and uh, actually pulled the trigger. So this deal is going to make TD's U.S. arm the sixth largest U.S. bank with $614 billion in assets and 1,550 branches across 22 states here uh, in America. So very, very sizable deal there. And um, it looks like, uh, obviously, they're looking to, um, to improve and uh, expand their footprint uh, below the northern border. So... Um, a lot's going on with uh, with Russia, of course, and uh, their invasion of Ukraine. Um, I think people are learning more and more as every day goes by that Putin's just a murderer. 
Uh, he's a very cruel person. He doesn't care uh, who gets in his way with what he wants to accomplish, um, whether it's women or children or the elderly getting blown up uh, and killed in Ukraine. Uh, didn't really probably have much hesitation in bombing a nuclear uh, facility, which we all know how that could have gone um, just terribly wrong. And thank the good Lord it didn't. But, you know, this is a guy that's worth 200 to 300 billion dollars, maybe more. Uh, you know, no one really knows. Um, and he is a pure dictator. He has his uh, uh, opponents either killed by assassination or uh, has them jailed. Um, and uh, he'll do whatever it takes for him to uh, to remain in power. And that's we're just seeing how ruthless he is uh, with uh, this uh, invasion in Ukraine. What we've done, a couple things, uh, the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ market site were halting trading in select Russian companies uh, listed on their respective exchanges this week. Uh, so that was helping a little bit. Uh, it also helps because the um, the Russian stock market is basically shut down. Uh, they can't uh, people can't take money out of Russia. The ruble, which is their currency, uh, has collapsed. Um, so more of this pressure is uh, is just going to hurt uh, Putin. But you have to remember um, he's been planning this, seriously planning this for a year. Once we had a change in leadership here in the United States um, and he just decided to pull the trigger uh, right after um, uh, the new year, kind of flipped the calendar and worked our way up to um, February and March. Uh, the other thing that we're doing is freezing their uh, central bank assets that are held by Americans. So that effectively freezes any of those assets uh, which is good. The U.S.'s actions are in conjunction, and they're also in cooperation with the European Union, with Japan, the United Kingdom, Canada, and others. So this means that not only will Russia not be able to access funds in U.S. dollars, but they will be unable to use dollars uh, if the other countries turn to other banks and other uh, currencies. So uh, this is a strategy, again, to um, cripple the Kremlin when it comes to their finances and what they're uh, able to do. But I'll just say it again, even though I just mentioned it, he's been planning this for uh, for years and especially this past year uh, once uh, he saw what type of um, or actually the lack of leadership and um, intelligence that was going to be coming out of the White House and the administration overall. So, um this it also means that Russia is going to probably default uh, on their um, on their debts. So they've already uh, prioritized that if people in Russia own Russian debt, they're going to get their payments if possible. But those outside of Russia who have invested and are due um, some type of an income payment or return of investment, uh, you're put to the back of the line. So this could leave foreign investors with approximately $29 billion in debt that they would not be able to collect uh, that income on those holdings. So this is very, very serious. 
Um, and it's something that, um, you know, that it's going to hurt a lot of people, not just, uh, you know, here in the United States, but around the world. So uh, that's very um, going to be very difficult for people. But again, I think a lot of people, even if they're investors and they're disappointed in, uh, and angry at Putin for what he's doing, not only uh, on the humanitarian side, but also on the financial and economic side, are probably, you know, realizing this isn't a huge surprise because you kind of know that Putin is the, the animal that he is. So it's not a, a, a big shock to see that uh, people are going to be punished uh, because he wants to accomplish certain things uh, for himself. Um, and then, of course, the really sad part of all of this is uh, the administration dismissing um, our reliance on Russian oil and that we're paying them hundreds of millions of dollars um, every day, which is helping them, helping Russia finance the war on Ukraine and um, the other things that they want to, uh, uh, to pay for. It just makes, like I said, absolutely no sense. You can't fix stupid. When you look at something like this and say, okay, we know that America can be energy independent, not only that, but our uh, producers could make money by exporting to the countries that uh, we can trust and that we get along with and we've got a long-term uh, relationship with. Uh, it, it's just it's stupid. And it, it all comes back to people can say what, it, what they want, but it all comes back to the uh, Green New Deal type of mentality, uh, the weather uh, argument that's been um, distorted and perverted over the years, the whole climate change, global warming, whatever they need to do to change the name uh, to make it sound uh, warm and fuzzy like they're they're actually doing something good for the uh, for God's creation, but also uh, for the citizens here in the United States and in other countries. It's just a lie. And they're using it as a power and money grab. So people that, um, you know, that believe that, that have uh, kind of uh, taken that hook, line, and sinker, um, you know, I really hope that they're able uh, during this period of time to rethink and educate and research for themselves uh, what this all means. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton, he's a uh, senator from down in Arkansas, he was calling, of course, uh, just like Joe Manchin and others, for boosting domestic oil production as a response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, and then, of course, as soon as the uh, White House was asked about that, uh, Saki dismissed it by saying it was a misdiagnosis, which is, um, I don't know, misdiagnosis. So how is that a misdiagnosis? We can create our own energy drive prices down, which is exactly what the American citizen needs right now because of inflation, and not uh, write these big checks to Russia every day. How is that a misdiagnosis? It's not. It's, again, because of their power and money grab and control that they want to sell people about the whole um, weather issues uh, that they distort. And uh, they just take advantage of people. Um, you know, we've got 
it's proven we've got we, we were just energy independent a couple of years ago until this administration came in and and uh and wrecked everything so um i think and and i hope and pray that this along with the virus uh where people will look look back and say wait a minute mask they didn't do anything um, you know, whether it was report from, you know, the lockdowns that Johns Hopkins put the report out quietly, that was embarrassing for them. They didn't even have a press release for the report that came out, um, but admitted that the, uh, the shutdowns did not um, slow the virus from spreading. Cloth masks are worthless. Um, six feet for social distancing. You know, like I said when this first happened, why not six and a half? Why not seven? You can't tell how far something's going to travel if somebody sneezes. So I really hope that people look at what's going on now and then look back and say, okay, once again, uh, this was the government, the swamp people, the bureaucrats taking advantage of uh, something for them to gain more control. And to pick winners and losers, so they left the big box stores open, but you couldn't go to church and you couldn't go down to your local deli. Um, so I think they're going to be very angry at that. I also pray that the children that were um, unnecessarily punished during the virus with not being able to be in school, having to wear masks when adults didn't have to wear a mask, all the stupid, stupid stuff that we saw that those children and their families realize and decide together that this was all just uh, overreaction and it was used for power and money and control. And hopefully they'll never vote when they get older for that type of party. And that type of politician, that's what we need to make sure happens, that we don't forget how we were treated and that we teach our children about the overreach so that when they get older, they make good decisions. And we can get rid of all of the, you know, the nonsense with the elite like the Zuckerbergs getting involved with elections and, you know, just all the nonsense and uh, illegal activity that we saw from the 2020 election. So that's my hope. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people I think to feel that way for sure. Latest, uh, free white paper for you at murrayfinancialgroup.com. Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets? A look at parties, politics, and potential returns. If you want a white paper on it to, uh, kind of, lay out what's what right now, you can uh, get that complimentary report. Just go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and click on uh, the uh, instant download button, and it goes right to your email. When we come back, we'll talk about some economic data and the Fed. That's right around the corner. It's free talk wherever you go. From your smartphone. Streaming live from WFMD.com. Talk 
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, uh, you can go to Apple Podcast and listen to the uh, program, re-listen to it, uh, share it if you'd like. Um, and this to, might be one today that you uh, definitely want to re-listen to. We'll be talking in just a couple minutes with Ambassador uh, Terry Miller. He was the uh, ambassador to the United Nations um, he's also worked at the State Department overseas in Italy, France, Barbados, New Zealand, and is one of the authors of uh, something that's uh, very, very important. It comes out every year. It's known as the uh, Index of Economic Freedom, and we have that 2022 Index of Economic Freedom where they look at all of the countries uh, in the world, and yeah, I have to say it's very sad where the United States is and, you know, how we're sliding, not even in the top 10, not in the top 20. Um, so we're going to figure out why and hopefully how in the heck to fix that so that um, we get back on top like we should be. Looking at economic data this week, uh, we got the two ISM reports. We saw that U.S. manufacturing activity picked up in February. Um, but inflation, or excuse me, hiring, it was uh, at factories really slowed down. So that was tough. They continue to have a problem with, uh, like many others, with getting the, the employees they need. But the uh, Institute for Supply Management said on Tuesday that their index of national factory activity increased to a reading of 58.6 last month. That was up from 57.6. So we'll take that point. Um, you know, even though um, manufacturing accounts for just shy of 12 percent of our U.S. economy these days is still extremely important and uh, part of the backbone for our, our economy. Then when you look at the other ISM report that came out on Thursday, it was the non-manufacturing activity. So the service based uh, index and it actually fell to 56.5 last month, the lowest reading we've seen in uh, over a year. So it was the third straight monthly decline in the index, uh, that 56.5 reading. Now, anything over 50 signals growth. So we'll take it, but we want to be going north, not south with our numbers, where we see strengthening, uh, not weakness. Um, and then when we look at the, uh, of course, we had a lot of um, uh, jobs information this week. Uh, initial jobless claims um, came in uh, at uh, a number that was a little bit better than expected, but still well over, um, you know, the expectation. And the previous week's numbers were uh, revised higher. And then when you looked at the jobs report, the big one that came out yesterday, February jobs uh, gained 678,000, uh, really blowing past estimates. And the unemployment rate, uh, according to the Labor Department, went from um, 3.9 to 3.8, or excuse me, 4.0. So uh, it was 4.0 in January and went down to 3.8 in February. Uh, so that's all good. However, wages, average hourly earnings only rose by 5.1% year over year in February. Guess what? Inflation is at a 40-year high of 7.5% year over year. So any of those gains in wage increase, they were erased. 
because everything costs so much more. So uh, a mixed report there. Uh, also, I think a lot of people want to make sure that everything's being tallied properly and reported properly. Um, but that's what we got yesterday from the jobs report. We got a little bit of clarification this week. Uh, Jerome Powell, Federal Reserve Chairman, testified two times. First, before um, the, uh, the, the House. He was before the House Financial Services Committee. And he kind of you know, gave some information that encouraged investors that were probably them saying they're probably going to raise rates 25 basis points or a quarter of a point in, this month. So they have a two-day meeting, March 15th and 16th. People didn't know, are we going to get a half? Are we going to get a quarter? So he took some of the uncertainty out of that, and um, I think that helped the markets. Um, also, the very next day when he was testifying before the Senate Banking Committee, uh, Powell said that Russia's war in Ukraine could hit the U.S. economy across a variety of channels from higher prices to dampened spending and investment. Um, that's not what we want to hear, of course, because we were already in a bad spot. You already saw energy prices up 40% before Russia and Ukraine, which, again, smart people aren't buying what um, the administration and, um, and progressives li and liberals are saying, that the reason we see high prices is because of Russia and Ukraine. That's uh, stupid. Um, that is, uh, you know, there's no truth to that. It's going to become worse because, like we were saying earlier, our reliance on Russia oil, uh, which is also stupid, um, not to oversimplify, but that's the best word to use. Um, and um, the other thing uh, that it just it's infuriating that when Powell was testifying before the Senate Banking Committee, he said the Fed was watching the situation carefully over in Europe and had begun running simulations, for example, on what persistent increases in oil prices might have on the economy. Again, how stupid can you be? You've got a ton of economists, PhDs, that should have already run that scenario and 50 others built models saying we know these things can happen, especially with Russia and Ukraine, just like you don't know what's going to happen with China and Taiwan. You don't start building models when it happens. You don't react. You be proactive. So as it's leading up to it, you can start to, you know, even hint at what you're going to do and the pain that we're going to inflict. You're kidding me? They're just going to start running in uh, these simulations. That is just that's the dumbest thing I, you ever hear, and you hear more and more of it from the uh, Federal Reserve, which has lost credibility, almost all of it, by putting too much money into the uh, economy, which has fueled inflation, and not keeping up uh, raising interest rates as inflate. Okay, their tar their target at the Fed is two percent for uh, inflation, two percent. We're at seven and a half. That didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen from January to February. It's been creeping for over a year. And now they're going to start running simulations and they're going to start raising interest rates. Terrible, terrible leadership. No leadership, actually.
Um, and um, I, my hope, as I said earlier, is that we're going to learn from that and uh, make sure that we don't allow these types of people uh, back in office uh, who have done so much damage to the American people, to the American economy, to entrepreneurs, to businesses, to people with their mental health. I mean, you name it, fill in the blank. They've got to go and they've got to stay gone so that we can get this country back on track and not uh, off the rails like it is right now because of their selfishness and uh, their desire for bigger government and to treat you like a mushroom because that's what it is. That's how they look at you. Keep you in the dark and covered with manure. The manure is what they tell you, and the dark is what they don't show you. So um, I hope that we all have continued to learn from this, and we teach our children and grandchildren so they learn as well. And when they grow up, they'll know uh, how they were taken advantage of, even at a young age. And then, of course, how their parents and grandparents were taken advantage of and how it impacted their lives. Um, Latest white paper, will the Biden presidency influence stock markets? It's a help, uh, helpful uh, read for you to look at parties, politics, potential returns, things of that nature. Um, and uh, that's uh, at murrayfinancialgroup.com. Just click on the homepage there, a little button. It's, it's an instant download to your uh, email and enjoy that. And then joining me on the other side of the news break, Ambassador Terry Miller. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking with him. He focuses on free markets, international trade, and the importance of fostering economic growth, not just here in the United States, by the way, but around the world. And we're going to talk about um, the latest uh, piece he co-authored, the 2022 Index of Economic Freedom. Um, you're not going to like where we are, but hopefully we'll be able to talk about how we can improve that and work our way up. 